Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, February 24th. I'm being joined by my friend again, Mr. Jeff Snyder of the Locked On Dodgers podcast. Yeah. Hey, how you doing, Javi? Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> um, we're doing another podcast here. We're recording. Um, you guys, we just talked about the Astros back on Thursday and that whole situation, how it relates to the Dodgers and just th- that whole situation. So definitely give that podcast a listen. And remember, you could follow me on Twitter, which is at Javapeno. And you could also follow the show account, which is at LO underscore Padres. Hit me up on there for any of the questions you might have. I'd be more than happy to answer them. So today, instead of talking about the Astros, I wanted to make it a more personal to our team's podcast because after all, we're in the same division. So I imagine we'll be talking about this a lot. Padres versus Dodgers. It's going to be interesting because, Jeff, if you don't mind me saying, I think that we're the Padres have improved quite a lot. And while I don't think that they are as good as the Dodgers, I do think that they can at least challenge them a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of different definitions for challenge. Um, <laughs> at the end of the season, I don't expect the Padres to be within 15 games of the Dodgers, but I definitely on a game-by-game basis, there's definitely, and the, the Padres, any any lineup that has, you know, Machado and Tatis and, you know, a, a lot of these guys who, Tommy Pham, guys who can really hit, you're going to, there's definitely, it's not going to be a walk in the park when, when the Dodgers play the Padres. I do think, like you said, overall, the Dodgers are a better team. And so they will win more often. And yeah, like I said, I guess it depends on how you, how you define challenge. But uh, I don't expect the Padres to be to lie down and just take a beating this year. Yeah, and that's that's really where I'm coming from. I think the Padres are going to finish second in the division. I don't really think that that's a, a hot take per se. I think what it would take for the Dodgers to to concede the division is a lot. And I think that that was before the Mookie Betts trade even happened, which we'll talk about in a second. I think it would take something like Walker Bueller to be like to, for some reason, not be quite as good as he was last year. Maybe a little bit of a fall off, but I doubt that's going to happen. Maybe something from Kershaw, but see how many things I'm already mentioning. Max Muncie, guys like that. There's just so much depth on this team. And that was before the Mookie Betts trade. And that's what's ridiculous. I don't really know how any team's going to compete. With the Dodgers, honestly, I have them personally ranked as my number one overall team in the entire league right now with the Yankees as number two. How? What do you think the prospects are looking for the Dodgers? What do you think it would take for, from your perspective for things not to go well? Yeah, I mean, one of the great things about baseball is anything can happen. But, I mean, if you look at the projections, Mookie mm-hmm. Betts and Cody Bellinger could both miss the entire season with injury or whatever, and the Dodgers would still win the division by seven or eight games. And yeah. so, you know, that's pretty, it, it's, yeah, yeah, like you said, that depth is there um, and, and it's always possible. Yeah. Bueller could regress. He could get hurt. Pitching is the big question mark for the Dodgers. I wouldn't even call it a concern, but it's a question mark because you've got Bueller who barring injury should be really, really good. You got Kershaw, a lot of question marks with Kershaw. We just noticed the other day in spring training that he's uh, working on a changeup. Again, he's worked on that a little bit in the past, but you know, if he could develop a good changeup, that would really, really go a long ways to mitigate the the drop in his fastball velocity. Kershaw could be better than last year. He could be worse than last year. He could be the same. There, there's a big question mark there. David Price is obviously a big question mark. 
you know, and then you've got guys like Alex Wood, who last time he was healthy, he was really, really good. He's back. And, and then you've got the young guys, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias, you know, a lot of these young guys who talent wise, potential wise, they could be really, really good, but we just don't know. They are still currently question marks. And so the Dodgers have nine starting pitchers. So you have to imagine at least three or four or hopefully five or six of them will will have solid seasons, but there's always a chance that only one or two of them will have a solid season. You, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, like I said on my podcast, there's a lot of question marks, but the most likely answer to all those questions is, oh, he's going to be really good. Yeah, it's even like, I mean, I'm looking at the team just to to remind myself a couple things that there's even guys like AJ Pollock, who granted, he's not that one year when he was a borderline MVP candidate. He kind of hasn't been able to replicate that and he's never healthy, but that's just such a, it's a solid player to have in your pocket. You know what I mean? It's not like he's going to be a leader of the team. He's just going to kind of be there and, you know, I'm sure he's going to contribute in some way. And then you've still got guys like Jansen and Kershaw, who isn't as, at least from, from my perspective, not as an invincible as he used to be. He's not like this number one consensus Cy Young candidate every year. And his numbers have gone down slightly, but he's, this is, we're talking regular season now, right? And yes, Kershaw's had trouble in the postseason, but he's still going to help you get there. And that's what really matters the most, I think. Yeah, and he's also been really good at times in the postseason. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's true. Since, and his. It's a little recency struggled. bias on my part. The yeah. only game he struggled in the 2017 World Series was the game the Astros were cheating. So, you know, that's I'm not going to let point. that drop. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's. There are guys. Kenley Jansen is another good question mark. But, I mean, he spent the offseason at driveline trying to get his cutter back. And according to him and people who've worked with him, his cutter is back to being the way it used to be when he was probably the best relief pitcher in baseball. And so if that cutter's back, you know, it's crazy that a team that won 106 games last year goes out, might get their closer back to his previous form, might get some uh, bounce back from their former ace pitcher. And oh, by the way, also traded for Mookie Betts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I think that if I if I do say so myself, the pot not the Padres, the Dodgers, I think are the only team in the National League and honestly the whole league that are excited about the with the exception of the Yankees, excited about the Mookie Betts trade because everyone else is like, oh my gosh, like they just got better. They just got completely better for kind of giving up not nothing, but certainly nothing in the scheme of how much you're getting in return. I mean, Mookie Betts in a down year down year I'm, I'm using air quotes here he's still incredible like one of the five best five or six best outfielders in the league and when he's at his best it's just on another level and what is it what has it been like what like do you remember your reaction when you first heard about the trade yeah I I, I believe there were angels singing and <laughs> and I blacked out and I woke up just swimming in a pool of chocolate pudding which is my <laughs> my ideal of heaven so no it, it was it was really, really exciting. You know, Mookie Betts, the, the thing with a team like the Dodgers, the, people were frustrated that they hadn't done much this offseason. But the problem is when you win 106 games, there's not that many areas to upgrade in. There's not many guys who are upgrades, really. You know, and the only real guys, Garrett Cole would have definitely been an upgrade to the starting rotation. He was never going anywhere except the Yankees. He was using other teams to drive up the Yankees price, but he was going to the Yankees. You know, Anthony Rendon, would have been an upgrade. They would have had to figure out where to, 
to fit everybody on the defense, but Rendon would have been an upgrade, but he didn't want to play in LA. Steven Strasburg would have been an upgrade. He was always going back to DC. I don't think any other free agents actually would have been big upgrades for the Dodgers because they have such a high starting point. But Mookie Betts is an upgrade for every team in baseball. Any team that gets Mookie Betts is better than they were before they had Mookie Betts. If you ask 100 baseball experts, who's the best player in baseball? 100 of them will say Mike Trout. But you ask them all, who's the second best? I bet 40 or 50 of them say Mookie Betts. You know, he is that mm-hmm. level of player. He is, he is an upgrade. He's outstanding offensively, defensively, on the bases. He literally can do it all. And like you said, even in his down year, he was still one of the best players in baseball. Absolutely. Even in a down year. And he's, he's kind of been like that too, where he's had like an incredible year, then a, again, air quotes down year. He's like a little bit back and forth in that sense. But even in back and forth, he's still unbelievable. And I think part of that is because his defense is so good. I watch him every now and then, and I'm I'm just wondering, like, like how did they, how did the top, how did the the Red Sox mess this up? Like, I just don't understand how they could have possibly given away this guy who I was reading the other day had this like, you know, I don't want to condense a player's value just into one stat, but his WAR is like his single season WAR for the year he won the MVP, which is like the best that we've seen in the league since Barry Bonds. Like, that's how good. Mookie Betts is I just want to take a little bit of a break and when we get back I want to ask you because I imagine are you afraid of the Padres at all Eh, not overly not overly so yeah after the break (laughs) I want to talk to you about what teams you are afraid of when it comes to the Dodgers what I assume will be a postseason run and a shot at the World Series title and we're back everybody here on the Locked On Padres podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network I'm talking to my friend Jeff and in a way arch nemesis He's the big Dodgers guy, one of the hosts of the Lockdown Dodgers podcast. And we've been talking about the Dodgers. We've been talking about Mookie Betts. And we've been talking very dissentfully about the Padres. Not really, but it's we're just being <laughs> honest. I mean, the Padres are not going to compete on the level of the Dodgers. Although I personally believe that their team has improved in pretty much every facet without having to, you know, kind of blow up their farm system, which I think is plays a key part in all of this. So I do want to talk about. What teams are you afraid of? And let's start with the National League when it comes to potentially making the World Series. Last September, Vince and I on our show were talking about who we didn't want to face in the playoffs. And uh, we both agreed it was the Nationals because Mm -hmm. when you have great starting pitching, you have a few great starters, it can make up for a lot of weaknesses. And we definitely saw that with the Nationals last year, even though Ultimately, the Dodgers still, it wasn't the national starting pitching that beat the Dodgers, but it was the national starting pitching that got them to game five and then allowed a whole bunch of different factors to to beat the Dodgers. The Nationals, as long as they have Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin, who knows how good those guys are going to be. Scherzer and Strasburg are both getting old. Corbin's not a spring chicken either. And, you know, with injuries and a lot of different things can happen. But assuming that Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin have the kind of years that you would expect them to have and that the Nationals hope they would have. They will never be a comfortable matchup in the postseason in a short series. Other than that, it's like, I don't know, like like you said, the Dodgers are clearly on paper the best team in the National League. They play the games for a reason. On paper doesn't mean anything, but there's not really any matchups. Like you said, A.J. Pollock is the closest thing to a weakness the Dodgers have. And guess what? They have He's really good against lefties, and they have Jock Peterson to play when they're facing a righty. And so the Dodgers don't really have 
many major weaknesses to exploit or to even have a team match up well against them, which obviously I'm not saying that they're going to win 140 games this year and then cruise to the World Series, but there's no team in the National League that makes me think, ooh, I hope the Dodgers don't don't face them in the playoffs, really. Yeah, I think that the 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 Nationals, even though I think that they could compete with them, it's definitely not on a regular season level. I don't I just don't think that they have the same level of depth. And like you said, Scherzer's getting older. You know, even guys like like Howie Kendrick, I was actually just looking up. That guy I had no idea that oh, granted he only played sixty one games last year. He batted three forty four. Like I had no idea of this. I I don't I mean he's thirty six, so I doubt that he's gonna be at all replicating that this year. But the the Nationals really have like a secretly there's like some players that people overlook. I mean, even Starling Castro, who they acquired, I think that he's okay. And I've always enjoyed watching him swing. I just like that he throws his entire life force into every swing. And then guys like Trey Turner and Juan Soto, of course, who's just going to be a future MVP candidate for years. I wonder, do you do you think that there are any teams that people aren't paying attention to that might give the Dodgers a little bit of a run? I don't know. They're, they're- there's definitely been a lot of teams that improved the Mets. I, the, mm. the National League East is kind of stacked. Other than the Marlins, yeah. I could see any of those four teams winning the National League East. You know, they, mm. they've they all lost some guys, but they've also all made some moves. And again, you know, the Mets, kind of like the, the Nationals, have the potential to have really good starting pitching. You know, DeGrom has won two Cy Youngs. Syndergaard obviously has all the tools to be great, hasn't really put it together. But the, the Mets could be really good. The Braves, definitely, it, it depends on how the young guys come along and, and how Freddie Freeman bounces back. He had, I think it was shoulder surgery or wrist surgery or something in the offseason. I think it was a shoulder. And, you know, and so he might be, I, I heard somebody say that Freeman said it's the first time in nine years that he's pain-free in his right shoulder. Well, Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman is on a Hall of Fame path to in his career, and he's yeah. been doing that without with pain in his shoulder and, you know, he might be, he might put up his best season, you know, so, so the Braves could, I could see the Braves winning a hundred games. I could also see them winning 85 games and finishing third in their division. You know, it, mm-hmm. their, their question marks are a little bit bigger than some teams, but you know, when you've got Acuna and Albies and Freeman who might all be really good, there's a lot of potential there. Um, the, the central doesn't, you know, the Reds are trying to make a move. They've, they've added some guys. I just don't, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to take the Reds seriously because it's been so long since they've been a serious contender, and I probably won't take them seriously until they prove me wrong, which kind of means by definition at some point I will be wrong about them. But uh, but yeah, you know, the, the Central doesn't scare me much. I think I would guess that both wildcard teams might come out of the National League East. So there might be, it might be the Dodgers and whoever wins the Central, and then the Nationals, the Braves, and the Phillies or Mets uh, in the postseason. And so, so there's nobody that's really being overlooked. I I don't think I just said anything that a lot of other people haven't already said. I don't think anybody has really done anything under the radar. That's going to sneak them in. The Diamondbacks like to think they're that team, um, (laughs) but so much of that depends on Madison Bumgarner being really good. And I just don't think he's that pitcher anymore. Yeah, me either. I, I agree with you on the, on the Diamondbacks thing. The, the Diamondbacks, like, fans the little hipster kind of momentum for a team they're trying to build up right now i'm just not seeing i think the Padres are much more interesting than them and i know that i'm the host of the Padres podcast but i really do believe that i agree i think i think you're spot on i mean it's funny to think that 
the Dodgers are kind of what I feel like a lot of people thought the Chicago Cubs were going to be, where the Cubs had that World Series run, and everyone's like, wow, so much young talent and whatnot. And they're not bad, don't get me wrong, but they're not this consistently like a favorite to win their division, even their division. And I don't even think that Milwaukee and St. Louis are all that like unstoppable. I think that they're just solid good teams that can definitely be taken down in that division, yet it's going to be kind of an uphill battle for them. Now I want to ask you, is it fair to say that the Yankees are and Dodgers are probably on paper the World Series favorite right now, like in terms of that being the matchup? I know that the Astros are probably in there. What what would you say about that? Who would you rather face between those two teams? I'd rather face the Yankees for a lot of reasons. Not mm-hmm. None of them are because I think they're easier to beat, mostly because I hope the Astros don't even make the postseason. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Dodgers-Yankees has real history. Dodgers-Astros has made-up controversial recent history, but the Dodgers-Yankees is actually a historical matchup. So I'd rather have the Dodgers face them for that reason. Um, I do agree with you that, that on paper, the Yankees are the best team in the American League. But so much of that, like, I don't know, I could see them taking a step backwards. Uh, obviously, pitching-wise, adding adding Garrett Cole is a big deal. But all of their other starting pitchers have some pretty big question marks. Yeah, you know, they, they could be good. And then their hitters, they've been really good. But I'm still not a believer that DJ LeMahieu is as good as he was last year. Uh, I'm definitely not a believer in Mike Talkman or Gio Urshela or Luke Voigt, you know, like not to mm-hmm. say they're not going to be good, but the Yankees are, are they Kevin Moss? I guess is my big question. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Moss was the next big thing. And then he was just nothing. And so, mm-hmm. and, and you saw that even by the end of last year, some of those guys were just, you know, who, who started off really hot ended up being okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. And, and they kind of played off hot starts or whatever. And so Luke Voigt, for example, he had OPS plus of 124 last year. And, and that was his first full season. And so is he <laughs> Max Muncy who can do it again the next year? Or is he Kevin Moss? You know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, then you add in the fact that defensively he doesn't bring much to the table and, and that's kind of a, being nice about it. And so how many guys do they have who are best suited to be uh, power hitting first baseman. You can only have, mm. you know, one or so of those guys in the lineup. So not to downplay things, I do think they have potential to be really good, but there's a lot of guys who I'd need to see them repeat that success before I'm too scared of them. Gotcha. And I think that you re- really the main point about the Yankees, I actually think their offense will be fine. I mean, last year they had so many injuries. They didn't even have Giancarlo Stanton last year, basically at all. He only had like 59 at bats. So I'm not too worried about that. And even if DJ LeMahieu does decline a bit after kind of playing a little bit over his head, potentially, I still think he's going to be solid. I think you're right. They got Garrett Cole, which is the big, big thing, arguably the best pitcher in all of baseball. And I know the Mets fans will freak out and say, no, it's Jacob DeGrom. I'm like, all right, relax. It doesn't like, it doesn't matter that much. They're both amazing. And I think that one of the big things is Severino. He was great when he was pitching, right? But is he going to come back, be at full health? I'm not sure. And then you got guys like Tanaka, who's extremely flyball prone and can be a little maddening sometimes. Even if he's a bit of a gamer in the postseason, his postseason stats are actually kind of interesting. They just lost James Paxton for a bit. And guys like Domingo Herman, it's just not a as for sure as I think the Dodgers rotation is. And and I agree with you. I think nobody wants to see the Astros of the postseason, although we're going to be counting a lot on a team like Oakland to be the team to take them down. But yeah, I would be... 
I'd be interested to see that that World Series matchup. Unfortunately, the Padres are going to make the World Series, and the Dodgers are going to be they're going to shock the world in a different way. So I think that this is all all about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I can say is, yep, I agree. <laughs> I do. I am looking forward, Jeff, to the first time that the Padres play the Dodgers, which is going to be, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually not going to be early on. I think it's in May somehow the first time that we're going to be playing each other so yeah the first time the the Padres play the Dodgers is May 1st it'll be a 10 10 p.m game that'll be that'll be one to stay up for for me Jeff do you have any final thoughts on this whole thing no I I am excited for the Dodgers Padres in my perfect world the Padres are good because I do think that obviously the Giants are the Dodgers rival but the Giants have been bad lately and so it's not as fun and you know when I look at the projections that show the Dodgers winning 103 games and no other team in the division even finishing at 500. Obviously, I, I like the Dodgers part, but I, I would rather have good teams pushing the Dodgers and and even challenging them. You know, obviously, I, I don't think the Dodgers are actually going to win the division every year for the rest of my life, but for the foreseeable future, they are. And I'm looking forward to the Padres being good. I really like watching Tatis play. He's fun to watch. I, I hope that he stays healthy and and pans out because I think that's better for the game of baseball. I I wish that that Will Myers and Eric Hosmer were good at baseball so that they can help <laughs> the Padres be competitive. I actually saw something on Twitter. I hope the person was being sarcastic. I couldn't tell, but he said that Will Myers is going to have a better season than Mookie Betts. <laughs> and so I looked, and Will Myers' two best seasons combined – his war adds up to exactly the same as Mookie Betts's war in his worst season. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just pre- assume that guy was joking. Uh, but, I mean, Phil Myers know, I, is more of a fantasy prospect, I think, at this point. <laughs> if, if he gets playing yeah. time with the rumored Red Sox trade, which might have happened by the time listeners hear this. So we'll see about that. I'm but sure yeah, Will Myers' mom loves him very much. So. <laughs> yeah, he's getting overpaid like crazy. It's ridiculous. Padres fans yeah. are definitely not high on him. They, I feel like the Padres guys were, we accept the Hosmer thing. We don't accept the Will Myers thing. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we get Eric Hosmer is not doing what he did when his last year in Kansas City, which was the ultimate contract year for him, I guess. And But Will Myers, it's like, ah, eh, come on. Like, why did we decide to do a six-year contract? This is just a little bit much. Yeah. So, Jeff... I had fun talking with you today. Um, I'm looking forward to when it hit. we hit May 1st and the Dodgers and Padres are in tight contention for the NL West. Until then, however, I'll see you around. Yeah, anytime. All right, anytime. And that was it, guys, for today's episode of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to, subscri- to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your pods from, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya, whatever. Hit up Jeff or myself on Twitter. Uh, could you give your plug one last time, just in case the people forgot? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Snydog, S-N-I-D-O-G. And be sure to hit him up with any questions you might have. This was a blast. Take care of my Friar Faithful homies, and I'll see you next time.